To be a horror icon essentially means to be matched up with another icon to see who would win in a battle of the ages. Whether it's Michael Myers versus Pinhead, Chucky versus Leprechaun, or Leatherface versus Ghostface, the matchups were always filled with intrigue, but none more so than the ultimate battle between Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. Freddy versus Jason, place your bets. But what would have happened if another had been added to the mix? Today on the horror movie that almost was, we're taking a look at the slasher opus that never came to be. Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. To truly understand the complexities of getting this film made, we must first dive into the difficult development of the first film. The journey to get Freddy and Jason fighting on the big screen was decades in the making, and in 2003, we were finally treated to the Battle of the Ages. But the journey was a mess. For years, dozens of scripts came and went with little progress. Which, if you'd like to know more about, I'd highly recommend checking out Slash of the Titans by Dustin McNeil. Now, bringing two horror franchises together seemed to be an impossible task with such strong opinions coming from either side of the fanbase, not to mention the creators themselves. Will the story be set at Camp Crystal Lake or Elm Street? Will the dream kills be split evenly with the reality kills? Will the teen characters follow the Nightmare on Elm Street archetype of going on a journey to defeat evil? Or will they follow the Friday route, and just send their asses off till they're eventually dispatched? And what tone will the story shoot for? Will it be dreamy and brightly colored labyrinths, or will it be flat nighttime exterior shots? So now, take all of those problems, and now let's try and add a third horror icon to the picture. See where things get... complicated? In a post-Freddy vs. Jason world, it seemed as though versus movies were going to become the new trend. Rumors of Michael vs. Pinhead, Chucky vs. Leprechaun, and Gremlins vs. Critters littered all the movie sites. Yet despite the constant talk of them, none ever seemed to see the light of day. Only Alien vs. Predator made it to production, and then they seemed to die off completely. Until recently, that is, but we'll ignore that for now. There are two phases to the development of the sequel. After the huge box office success of Freddy vs. Jason being the top grossing film for either franchise, the wheels were set in motion for a sequel. Producer Jeff Katz wrote a screenplay bringing in a third horror icon, Ash Williams from the Evil Dead franchise, and the idea for Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash was born. The script was written, but, like the first film, production proved to be hell, and little progress was made. Most of the steam the concept had was due to the writer-slash-producer Jeff Katz being such a big fan of the franchises, but there were still several questions to answer. Like when exactly would this film take place? In terms of Freddy and Jason, this film takes place five years after the events of the first FVJ film. In regards to Ash Williams, this takes place 16 years after the end of Army of Darkness. Now, given the movie's alternate endings, this obviously refers to these films' respective theatrical ending. Sorry, no kooky bearded Ash this time around. Without seeing much progress in the film realm, the final script was eventually made into a comic book series. This was a good way of getting Katz's story out there and satisfy fans of the characters, without having to put up the massive budget, because once you read it, it's not exactly a surprise that the film was turned down. The story itself is all over the place, and has a lot of plot devices that rely solely on convenience. Following slasher tradition, the film picks up with our survivors from the first film, Will and Lori, living their ideal life and living happily ever after. 
Just kidding, they are immediately killed off so that we can get down to business. But I mean, it's really their own fault. They were returning to Camp Crystal Lake in order to confirm that Freddy and Jason are really dead. Yeah, good thinking on that one. And what exactly are our villainous leads up to? The end of FVJ saw Jason emerging from Crystal Lake holding Freddy's decapitated head. So logically, we pick up with Freddy being trapped inside Jason's head because, well, reasons. Freddy wants to be free, so he looks for the book that will solve all of his problems. The Necronomicon. I'm sure you now see how Ash gets involved in this. But how is the Necronomicon just conveniently at Jason's house? And an Esmar is opening up at Crystal Lake that Ash just happens to be working at? I'm all for bringing characters together, but almost every plot advancement that happens in this is incredibly lazy. And this kind of writing is a big reason why it's a huge positive that this didn't make it into production. The story released as a graphic novel and was enough of a success to warrant a sequel. However, when talks of FVJVA started up again, it wasn't the first comic that the studio was looking at adapting. It was instead the sequel to the comic, entitled Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash Nightmare Warriors. And honestly, when you look closer, it makes a lot of sense why. While the first script featured returning characters from the first FVJ film, and a nice little cameo of some of Jason's victims at the end, we were never treated to any characters that were important to all three franchises. Nightmare Warriors changed all of that with the inclusion of Tommy Jarvis from Friday the 13th Part 4, 5, and 6, and numerous Nightmare on Elm Street characters, like Nancy and Alice. But at the same time, it makes no sense. While Freddy vs. Jason made a lot of money at the box office, they were not looking at drastically increasing the budget for a sequel. And Nightmare Warriors required a huge budget, and a ton of logistical issues arose no matter what page you looked at. Nearly every past franchise survivor returned, even if for a small cameo. Freddy morphing into the Necronomicon? A massive Deadite battle in Washington, D.C.? Everything sounds so absurd, and so expensive. Unfortunately, or fortunately depending on how you look at it, Bruce Campbell could never come to an agreement about reprising his role. He had a very specific idea as to what Ash represented, and the ideas being thrown out felt very Freddy vs. Jason with a sprinkling of Ash. So what was the point in his involvement? At this point, the idea of a proper Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash couldn't seem further away. After the heartbreak of Ash vs. the Evil Dead's cancellation, Campbell retired the Ash Williams character. Despite appearing in an upcoming Evil Dead video game. Robert England has also said that while he could appear briefly, like in his recent cameo on The Goldbergs, an entire film performance as Freddy Krueger was well in his past. And one of the more controversial aspects of Freddy vs. Jason was always the exclusion of Kane Hodder in the role of Jason Voorhees. And while his name wasn't explicitly brought up for this sequel, why would you when you already replaced him for the first film? He has stated that he would love to return. Ken Kersinger, who actually played the character in FVJ, participates in horror conventions, but doesn't seem keen to return to the role. The more time that passes, the less likely it seems for the film to ever happen, because while the franchises may be timeless, the actors portraying these legendary characters are not. Freddy Krueger is Robert England, Ash Williams is Bruce Campbell, and Jason Voorhees is, well, a litany of different actors. So he's really the odd man out, but most would say Kane Hodder. 
So would having a versus film without any of these quintessential actors be anything more than a fan film? And I'm pretty sure that Jackie Earl Haley showing up in the role would please just about no one on the face of the earth. So one for three isn't exactly great and pretty much put any chance of the film in dead water. There hasn't been talk of any Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash film in many years, and it makes sense. There hasn't been a Friday film since 2009, or an Elm Street film since 2010. Ash Williams is faring a little better, having Ash vs. the Evil Dead end in 2018, and that's not even mentioning the massive rights issues that have been going on with Friday the 13th. The only way that seems possible for this film to be made is to properly reboot all three franchises and build them up for a new generation. And with a rebooted Evil Dead and Elm Street on the way, the journey has officially begun. Now, we just have to hope that they're good, successful, and leave audiences wanting to see a good old-fashioned knockdown drag-out fight between them. Thanks for enjoying the show. If you like what you see, please subscribe to our Joe Blow Horror Videos channel, tell your friends who like this sort of content, and turn on the bell to receive notifications for all of our latest horror videos. We're an independent company, and we appreciate all of your support.